Wait, Did you that? see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? No, no. This is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. <laughs> oh! Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! That was scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. Hello. Hello, friends. Welcome back. It's to Girls and Ghouls. It's time for your weekly scare fest. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is the podcast where we know what we're talking about all the time. Yeah. We start every episode with the utmost level of paranormal professionalism professionalism that's what i like to call us paranormal professionals that tell stories about things that we have not encountered because we are pansies and do not want to encounter them (laughs) so we just talk about them we just talk about them and make sure that we read lots of like children's stories before bed like happy Mm -hmm. stories about puppies and kittens Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just watch Kitten Academy. Kitten Academy. You watch, Do you know? You watch creepy stuff, and then you watch Kitten Academy, and then you can go to bed and have good dreams like I had last night. Right. Listen. <laughs> Listen. It's all about balance. Balance. This week's episode is brought to you by Balance Kittens and Jason Momoa at the spa. Yes. Oh, it was such a good dream. I don't know why I dreamed about it, but it was such a good dream. <laughs> I was at a spa, guys, with Jason Momoa. And a and he good did, time he, was had. He had by no her. clothes on. <laughs> he was in the nude. <laughs> Mr. Momoa. I don't know. I don't know why I dreamed about that. I mean, I love Jason Momoa. I, love I, I mean, him. I have no clue why you would dream something like that. It's just, it's. It was so weird. It's though. unnerving like, and so unlike you to be thinking about <laughs> Jason Momoa. It's just weird to me that I had such a vivid dream with him in it and I remember it. Yeah. Listen, like I said, I, I had to have been dreaming it when my alarm went off yeah. and I was so pissed off that my alarm went off and woke me up from this beautiful dream that I was having where I was, I was at a spa with Jason See, Momoa. See, that's the part that I would be enjoying, like the spa. And I'd be like, Jason Momoa, great. Can you send your masseuse over here? Like, I got, <laughs> like, you can go. You got your own no, room. He can just Unless he was there, there in like Aquaman attire. And then I'd be like, be Aquaman. Or, like, or call drago because that was pretty freaking phenomenal sure too. that too <laughs> side note mark if you're listening to this kirsten loves you <laughs> he doesn't and. listen to this but he also knows that i love jason momoa so he just doesn't I don't, care he's he just like care. whatever it's one of those things where he used to get irritated when i would mention stuff like that yeah <clears throat> but now he realizes that it's okay because i'll never meet these people it's true i mean but, but you don't I know think, maybe jesus wants i you think to. maybe maybe that's why i dreamed about it Oh, but man, it's like a, it's a premonition. It, oh, a paranormal That's such a premonition. good premonition, man. But I think I would have to have, like, a hall pass for Jason Momoa. Really? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, honey. I would definitely. Oh gosh, that would be my, so like, funny. one get out of jail free card. Yeah. That's Ugh. so funny. He is delicious and delectable. See, here's my and wonderful. <laughs> John and I have had these conversations, like, who's your get-out-of-jail-free card? And it's obviously a joke. Like, right. Like, but I would I, never cheat on my husband. Right. I love my husband. But I often think about it, and I'm like, I mean, I don't like dudes enough to, like, I think my get-out-of-jail-free card would be me randomly disappearing because I've won a trip to, like, on a cruise by myself where no one could touch me and no one could <laughs> talk to me. And I wouldn't have to, like, wipe anybody's butt. Uh, and it would be glorious. And You've seen the movie Hall Pass, right? Have you seen no, that No, I haven't. It's pretty funny. Is it? Because, yeah, because the wives give their husbands a hall pass. And the, they go off on, yeah. like, a week-long trip or whatever, vacation. And the husbands are so excited about their hall pass 
but they overdo it and then they end up not even being able to use their hall pass but it's just funny they're they're hilarious there's really funny scenes in there where they like smoke a whole bunch of pot and they go to the golf course and there's like a scene where one of them is doing like snow angels in the sand <laughs> in the, in the thing and it's just hilarious oh my god it's really funny but yeah so, so jason passes. momoa would have to be my hall pass awesome guys either either him or charlie hunnam either one there we go either one mark Beautiful. could even pick mark and i would be okay with either pick. one <laughs> There you go, Mark. You have say in this situation. You have a choice so guys, in the matter. Since we're talking about hall passes, if you're <laughs> listening to this, do me a favor. Screenshot this episode and tag us in on your Instagram stories and let us know what your hall pass would be. Person yeah. or thing, because Kirsten yeah. is she's got persons. I have a cruise. <sighs> Maybe yours yeah. is a micro pig wearing rain boots. Okay. I wanna know what your hall pass is. And tag me. <laughs> Tag girls and ghouls. We're girls and ghouls on Instagram. Everything. Everything. Tag us so that I can come and sit with you virtually. You know what? Like, yes. I can see you having a hall pass where you go on this cruise ship by yourself and yeah. nobody can touch you, but you would have a constant stream of Simon Sinek talking. Oh, gosh. Simon Sinek. And you know who else? <laughs> you know who else? And it's and it's strictly like because I, I have so much like respect for this person, Mastin Kip. He's so brilliant and just... I don't know who that is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wrong podcast, but this is like my business love. You'll have to go. You'll have to go look. He's just very, very, very intelligent, very well-spoken. So you're attracted to brains. Oh, God. I love a smart I'm attracted to brawn. I love a brawny man, but when you combine the two, it makes me very happy. Yeah. I won't like. I like men who almost look like they could be dirty. (laughs) It's a nice thing. (laughs) Yeah, nice that's thing. why, like, I love Charlie Hunnam, but I like him better as Jax Teller from mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy, because oh. he's kind of, he's rugged and kind of dirty. Yeah. And, like, that's why I like Jason Momoa. He's got the scraggly hair and the beard. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he's, mm, I'm just telling you, I just love it. I have weird, I don't know, I have weird taste. But I, I will, I'll give myself this. I do have a, a thing for Jason Statham. I think he's pretty awesome. I love him. He's I got really that voice. Do. And he looks yeah. like he could break a man's face just by looking at him. So yeah, I do like I, him. I love him. I like tall men. I like tall men. I mean, also. Mark six two. So John's you know, five I, six. So clearly, I'm living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark is six two. All of like two thirty, two twenty, somewhere in there. He's yeah. trying to lose weight, and I keep telling him not to. I think I if like, you're over I, I six like a big foot, man. if you're over six foot, you have to weigh over 200. I feel like that's... Yes. Because, like, my, my dad and my brother are both over six foot. They're, like, enormously tall people. Mm-hmm. And every time they lose weight, I'm like, you look sick. Eat a yeah. sandwich. Eat a sandwich. Though, you know what? I'm going to give Jeff Goldblum this. He's thin. And he's six He's four. too thin now. I he's think too he thin looks, now. He's too thin he's, now. He's older now. I still love him. Yeah. I still love him. I love him. him too. He's the best. I think I think he was in his prime when he was in Jurassic Park. I don't know. Do you want to know what I love him most in? What? I probably something I've never heard of. Probably Earth Girls are easy. I love him. Oh, I've heard of it. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Well then when you come <laughs> up, we're gonna watch it. It's the best See, most ridiculous he's your, movie. He's your tall, nerdy guy. Oh my god, I have a type. It's so You do. Weird. What you happened have to a me? type? I it's used okay. to like bad boys. You know? You're it's fine. You're attracted to brains, like brains more, which is better because I like strictly brawn. I don't care how smart they are. I just want them to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Which is not gonna get me anywhere in life. Maybe so. this is why whenever I like I don't like all these people get all like swoony over specific men and I'm just like, okay, person. But then if I hear people talking, I'm like, oh, now, you know oh. who I do also like, who does not fit my tall, beefy, brawny guy, is Kit Harrington. He plays Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, and he is just scrumptious. He's kind of shorter, oh. and he's not, like, super big. But he's the guy with the butt, right? Oh, he's got such a nice ass. Everybody freaked out about his butt at some point? Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> well, because in the last episode, he ended up sleeping with Daenerys... Stormborn, and he showed his rear end, and it was a very okay. beautiful scene because so, his butt's beautiful. Here's my confession: everybody freaked out about this. 
And he's got like black curly hair and just on his butt cheeks. No, I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody freaks out about butts. Like they're like, look at this butt cheeks. And I have, I think it's because I'm a mother of all boys. Because now that I see grown man butts, I'm like, they look the exact same as little boy butts. They're just little tiny. Oh, God, that's just wrong. Butt cheeks. And it's just, it, it makes me laugh every time I see them. And it just doesn't do it for me. Shoulders, does it for me every time. I love a man with shoulders. Butt cheeks, just make me laugh. Because I'm a child. And I'm like, <laughs> you look like a baby. A baby. With your wee butt cheeks. So funny because he are you looking obviously at pictures got, of John? I am butt? because he got asked a lot about it, and he said that he was really nervous because he wanted to make sure that his ass looked really good. So so he like waxed it. Had to it. Be, it had to be hairless. Oh my he gosh! Said. What? Yeah, yeah. He said if you're he said if you're getting your bum out in front of sixty million people, you do your homework. And he said he did a lot of squats. Oh my god. <laughs> Is it weird that we've all enjoyed your buttocks? To which Kit responded while laughing, no, not really. I'll get them out for anyone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's got a nice ass. I mean, and he's just cute. He's so cute. So this is it, he's guys. Girls and Ghouls, where we talk about <laughs> ghosts, hall passes, Butts. and Kit Harrington's tiny little Rear booty, end. which apparently was waxed. Probably was. I don't. It just makes me think of that scene in Bridesmaid. <laughs> talking about she gets her asshole bleached and you know how i know because i went with her and i got my asshole bleached <laughs> i also don't understand that i don't, I don't get it either but that scene is hysterical she like freaked out like I okay all right people <laughs> like if that's your thing sure go for it but i'm just go imagining sitting in a vat of clorox and that I sounds could... unpleasant i just don't want any person down there there period See? like don't I don't like the I whole get, waxing I thing. I just out going to the doctor. Exactly. Like, I, don't wanna, I don't need I don't another reason for somebody else to be, to like, be. poking around. Like, come on. <laughs> it's a little too close for me. It's, just, it's fine. I get it's so par- Like, no. We just, I just can't do it. <laughs> Let's not continue this nope, conversation. Nope, we're done with that conversation. Different podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'll start no. a butt podcast. A butt podcast. <laughs> Just talking about butts all the time. Butts and babes. Like, that'll be it. <laughs> yep. There we go. There oh we go. Oh, my God. So, I guess we should get scary now. You ready? <laughs> Who's going yeah. first? I'm going first this you. week. You. You go first. Yes! Okay, guys. I'm going to warn you. If you She's are so excited about oh, this I'm one, so guys. I'm so friggin' excited about this one because it's disturbing and disgusting and horrible and wonderful. And it's one of the things that make it great. All the things that I appreciate in life (laughs) in one terrifying story. This story is so messed up that I am censoring parts of it. Like I I chose to not put it in my notes and I'm going to do, I did that thing where I was like, don't bring it up because it's messed up. We're not going to do it. So we're going to be talking about (laughs) the, what is called the most haunted hotel in America. That's right, my friends. You... Is it the Stanley Hotel? No, it's not the Stanley Hotel. It's worse than the Stanley Hotel. Oh. It's the Crescent Hotel. Oh. In... Never heard of it. I know. I'd never heard of it either, <laughs> but it's literally called the most haunted hotel in America because the Stanley Hotel, I think, was second, but it doesn't have the history that the Crescent Hotel has. And the Crescent Hotel is, is really disturbing, and it's in the scariest place in America. Are you ready for this, guys? It's in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Like, you would not think. So I'm reading this story, like, and I'm doing all this research, and I finally was like, wait, where the crap is this place? <laughs> Arkansas? What? Arkansas. Arkansas. So, Home of the Razorbacks. Sure. You I, don't sport. I don't sport. I, I <laughs> sports as little as I can. Um, so I don't even know what. Actually, no, that's not even right. She's the Arizona Razorbacks. It's not the Arkansas Razorbacks. I don't know what the Arkansas is. See, that's how scary Arkansas is. It's the state that's, that we don't know. We don't know anything about you, it's, Arkansas. It's a mystery. And Other than your name is weird because it's Kansas. With an Why R. is it not Arkansas? It's the pirate version of Kansas. Arkansas. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what happened. That's what happened. So, 
the Crescent Hotel was built in 1886. And it was built to be a resort for the fabulously rich and disgustingly famous. It was just a place for people to hang out. You know, so like 90% of the resorts today. I was right. It's the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh, you were right. She sports her hardest and she sports it correctly. That's right. So say, I, w- I want to know, was that like their official tagline? No, no, no. That's my official tagline for say it. Say it again because that was awesome. It was built in 1886 as a resort. For the fabulously rich and disgustingly famous. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Come to the Crescent Hotel. That's right. Home for the fabulously rich <laughs> and disgustingly famous. That's right. But, I, I mean, I heard a couple of different stories about what happened next. Ultimately, it became unma- unmanageable and fell into disrepair. Now, I've heard that it was because the partiers partied a little too hard while they were there and things just went out of control. I also heard that nobody wanted to go to Arkansas because there's nothing in Arkansas. Guys, I'm sorry. If you live in Arkansas, I'm sure it's a great place to be. Not then. It wasn't then. Nobody liked it. And the hotel ended up closing because it just became a disgusting hovel. Um, It then reopened in 1908 as Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. And again, that just sounds awful. It's not nearly as fabulous as what it was in its prime, like in its glory days. Um, It was then closed again in 1924, abandoned till 1930, and then it opened as a junior college. Which, so this place is like, there's a lot of turnover. Lots mm-hmm. of turnover. Um, during its time as a junior college, though I've seen some, there are two dates because they're not positive on the date here. Legend has it, one of the students was very upset about something, um, about test, when you're a final or something, and she plummeted from a balcony and killed herself. So, important to remember. This is like one of the first deaths that is, that is, semi-recorded but the records are old and fudgy so Mm -hmm. um it was then closed again in 1934 good lord and was leased as a summer hotel so they would open it occasionally like in the summers for Mm -hmm. people to come visit um during this period of time there was a lot of um a lot of construction done a lot of remodeling done and during one of the remodelings, um, a workman fell from the roof and he died. He, like, fell off, just died, okay? And he died mm-hmm. where uh, room 218 is now located. So we've now got two deaths. We've got a suicide. We've got someone who's trying to fix things. And he's fallen off and plummeted to his untimely demise. So you feel like, like, that's already not, we're not off to a great start here. Mm-hmm. But then it's just the fact that it's been opened and closed and so many things and right, like, it's like just got like 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps opening and closing. But then it just it goes from bad to like, oh, my gosh, why is this happening? In 1937, <laughs> a man named Norman G. Baker purchased the Crescent Hotel. But Norman was um, I'm going to call him eccentric. We're going to call him eccentric. OK, Norman was a millionaire an inventor, a radio personality, and a self-proclaimed doctor. I'm sorry, what? Yep, yep, he was an inventor, a radio hey guys, personality. it's okay, I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. Like, that's pretty much it. Like, somebody Just would, take my word for it. Somebody would, like, <laughs> be choking at a restaurant, and the way the, the servers would be like, is there a doctor in the house? And he'd be like, oh, that's me. That's I me, guys. Do this. I'm a doctor. He never went to med school. He didn't know anything about medicine, really. But he decided, you know what? I got all this money. I got all this, like, radio personality-ness. I got all this invention. And um, now Nobody's going to doubt me. I mean, he was obviously a smart dude if smart he was an dude. inventor, right? But I mean, that doesn't make – did he stay at a Holiday Inn Express? He did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express. So you're not a doctor. Sorry. So he's not, right. So he's not a doctor. <laughs> but he says he is. So he buys the Crescent Hotel – and uh, it turns it into a hospital. What? Mm-hmm. Turns it into a hospital because he claims that as his millionaire brilliant inventor self, he has discovered cures for various ailments, including cancer. 
Oh. He's cured cancer. He knows how to fix it. He knows what to do. Um, people obviously are like, oh, my goodness, yes, because the time period is 1937. Cancer's running amok. We don't have very good treatments at this time. Um, and during his time of discovering all of these, you know, cures, he's also attacking the medical field, and he claims corruption and profit hunger. He says that people don't care in the medicine or the medical field about patients. They care only about lining their own wallets. I mean, it's not 100% untrue. He's not completely wrong, but uh, he, he decides he's going to combat this unfair field by opening a hospital that will focus on the cures that he has discovered. And his cures consisted of mineral water. There you go, guys. There's the, there's the answer. The secret. You're welcome. The secret. So he gets hundreds of patients, tons of people, desperate people. Are you people. serious? Mm -hmm. And That's so sad. Very, very sad. Here's where I am picking and choosing what to tell. I'm going to tell <clears throat> the two least graphic treatments, okay? Okay. The first one is a diet that consisted of a lot of mineral water and sparkling water. Okay, so he gave a lot of that to drink. Um, the other less graphic treatment is he would peel the scalp and skull away from the brain and pour mineral water and ground watermelon seeds directly onto the brain. What? Wait, where did what? I don't know. What? The man's a, he's a nutcase. He's, he's a doctor. Listen, you don't understand the intricacies Obviously of watermelon not. seeds on the brain. So this is what he did. My papa used to always tell me that if I swallowed a watermelon seed, I would grow a watermelon in my belly. Well, if you grind it up and put it on your brain, you won't have cancer. Well, there you go. I just never went that far. Did you snort it? No, you have to. Get it to the brain that way? You I mean, have do you to. you have to peel the... Oh, you gotta peel it. God and that's the... Body. That's one of the least disturbing. That's awful. And that's where I stopped. Like, reading about, like, this is how Dr. Norman decided to treat his patients. So, unfortunately, I mean, mm -hmm. it just didn't work. <laughs> I wonder why. I, don't, I mean, I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's such sound logic. Watermelon seeds and mineral water on your brain. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, so, unfortunately, dozens of patients died every month. Not total, like every month. So hundreds of people died. Um, but he didn't want the press to know. He didn't want them to know. So I mean, that's not exactly good press. It's not good press. So people thought, like, patients were coming in, they were being treated, and then they were just leaving, and they were going off to live their happy lives. And that's why the hospital wasn't super full all the time, right? What was actually happening is that the dead patients, the deceased patients, would be left in their rooms until nighttime and the nurses and I want to know what nurses were like yeah this is a good idea the nurses would then take the the bodies and gurney them down on like to the elevator down to the basement where they had put a morgue and the morgue is also where they did um, autopsies and whatnot and they would leave the bodies there in the refrigerator or just sitting in the morgue for weeks Oh until they could um, take it to be incinerated without someone oh. knowing. So the bodies would then be incinerated. Um, That's awful. In extreme cases where they weren't dying immediately, but they were in like horrible pain, the patients would then be put into a part of the building that he deemed the asylum. These were people that oh, were Jesus. quote unquote crazy and they would die there in horrible, horrible, tormented pain, just terribly. And then they too would be hidden and incinerated. Um, so by Are there not families looking for these patients? I don't know. There's nothing about that because I looked and I couldn't find anything that was like, yeah, I was looking for my kid and, you know, I couldn't find it. So I guess. I mean, you would think that if you go to a hospital for treatment for cancer. Well, things were different then. There's family involved somewhere. Things were different then. So I think it was one of those places where it was almost, it sounds to me almost like a rehab facility. Like you can, or, or Hotel California maybe. 
<laughs> you can come, but you can never leave. You can't yeah. leave, and you can't really have visitors because, you know, it's all a secret and a mystery. So, yeah. Um, so this is where, like, I mean, he's doing all this stuff. And, to I mean, to me, this is, like, common sense. Like, okay, he's going to get in trouble for murder, right? 1940, he is arrested and charged, but not for murder, not for practicing medicine and being a quack, but for mail fraud. I don't know. Really? Mail fraud. Maybe that's the only thing they thought they could get him on. Maybe. I don't know. Um, he spent only four years in prison. Afterwards, he led a quiet life and died of cirrhosis of the liver. So... The hotel then was ownerless until 46, and it was turned back into a hotel. And it is still open to this day as a hotel. No thanks. Right? No thanks. However, <clears throat> as they were remodeling, because they were turning it back into a hotel from being a hospital, because it was equipped to be a hospital at that point, um, they were trying to make it fancy again and glorious again, Um and they discovered dozens of skeletons in the walls, skeletons in the basement, and jars of preserved body parts. Oh, shit. So the hotel was full of stuff. And because of the time period and everything and how old the hotel was, this wasn't like, hey, uh, we should probably report this to the, the police. They were like, oh, we'll just make note of it and get rid of it. So that's what they did. You, oh, you know how things worked in the 40s. It wasn't like, yeah, let's but, document mm. these things. Uh, you know, I, I get it, but where was human decency? Like, uh, I'm pretty sure that when you're a millionaire, because it was a millionaire, like not like he had money that was the equivalent to a million dollars today. We're not like adjusting for inflation here. He was actually a millionaire at that time. Very charming. Um, people liked him. I think money buys whatever you want, including people just being quiet and human decency. So. God, that's awful. After it becomes a hotel, there's not a whole lot of like nothing crazy. Happen- I mean, you got some workers that were injured and whatnot, um, but nothing like, oh, this is going to, you know, cause unrest. Yeah. However, there was unrest. So. Um, the most often cited apparition, and this one is the scariest one, I think. It's a freaking terrifying, is the man who they believe fell off the roof and, and died. And they've dubbed him Michael because he's, uh, he fits the description of the person um, that fell off the roof, whose name was Michael, apparently, um, or they say was Michael. It's not like they had work records, but they mm-hmm. threw legends and stories of who worked there. Um, the apparition is a red-haired Irish stonemason. Um, he was killed in the area that houses room 218, and room 218 is said to be the most haunted guest room of the hotel even today. When you stay in room 218, you'll hear pounding on the walls, um, like loudly, like someone's hammering yeah. it, like they're building. Um you also will hear what sounds like a man falling past your window. Like, you hear the scream start like the, ah, you know, like, splat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> splat. <laughs> yeah, guests have been shaken awake during the night. Oh, hell no. Right? That's that's a no-go for me. Like, Don't touch me. Like We've I'm talked sli- about this. Don't <sighs> touch me. Oh, If you want to make noise, make noise, no, but don't freaking touch me. He gets worse. He gets worse. Um, Michael, get your shit together. Occasionally, he is seen running, screaming from the room. Oh, Jesus. He's tortured. He's very tortured. Um, (laughs) One guest ran from the room yelling because he saw blood splatter all over (gasps) its walls, the room's walls. It was a guest. And this is a documented thing. Um, He ran from the room because blood appeared all over he checked out in the middle of the night they said he checked out it was like one in the morning and he left i would too one of the most frequent things though that happens in room 218 is worse than anything i've ever read people will go into the bathroom and they'll be doing their nighttime thing washing their face and they'll look up in the mirror and michael's in the mirror and then reaches his hands out 
to grab you before he falls uh, uh, backwards. No, 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 no. Yep. No, 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 no. Just no. Yep. No. Yep. He reaches no. out of the mirror. Why do they continue to rent that room? Why? People request it. Oh, hell no. People request Y'all it. Y'all are crazy. Yep. People, people love that room. Now, one God. of the things that people wonder is why is he, why is he, if he fell off the roof, oh. why is he in that room acting like that? Yeah. And uh, there have been some theories that have been in forums that I, I think are interesting because of the time period and because he was Irish, there was a lot of hate against Irish people, especially because of like the upcoming revolution. So there is there is um, like a theory that he didn't fall off the roof, but was pushed off the roof and was murdered. So. Which, I mean, makes sense. It makes sense. Uh-huh. So, but again, that hasn't been proven. That's just people like, hmm, I wonder. But he's super, super active. He's the one that most people want to go see. Um, they don't actually want to see, they, I mean, they don't mind the other ones, except that. It, it, the other ones. The other ones. There are six main ghosts in the Crescent Hotel. Uh, Michael is absolutely the most active in uh, July of 1987, a guest said that she went out into the hallway in the middle of the night because she heard squeaking. And she thought there was like an animal in the hall and she was confused by it. So she went out and there was a nurse pushing a gurney down the hall. And she was very confused, especially when the nurse walked into the wall and then vanished. Oh, my God. Now, people automatically were like, No, this woman's crazy, except for the fact that there have been tons of people who have actually seen this. And this was on the third floor um, and apparently where there used to be the original elevator used to be there that they would push people, the deceased bodies, bodies. always after 11 p.m., which is when they would remove the dead bodies from the room so that nobody else would see and take them down to the basement. So they see that pretty often she doesn't talk to you she doesn't touch you she doesn't come near you she's or anything. Just doing she's her doing her job she's just taking people but you can hear the gurney um and then if you go out you can see her and she disappears through that wall always the same always the same um baker himself has been spotted and he's just wandering around very confused he can't figure out where he is um he ends up in different rooms and they Everybody that's ever seen him has says he looks lost, like he's not sure what's going on. So now who remind me who oh, Baker, Baker is? Baker is the doc, the doctor, Norman oh, Baker. Okay. Yes, he's okay. uh, he's trapped apparently, and uh, paying for his misdeeds because he doesn't know what's going on, and it's very very clear that he doesn't know what's going on. Um, let's see here. One of the staff members of the hospital, or the hospital, of the hotel, um, explained that they had to finally remove some of the antiques from the hospital days because they kept some of the stuff from the hospital because it was very old and just decorative, right? Kind of cool. Kind of cool. And one of the things that they kept was a switchboard. Um, And they loved the switchboard. But in the summer, they would get phone calls on the switchboard from the basement recreation room. And then uh, they would go down to see, like, did someone end up, why is someone in the basement? Like, what's going on? And they went down and there would be no one there. It was unused. So after this happened quite a few times, they finally locked the room up, thinking, like, somebody is breaking in. They're doing something. They put, mm-hmm. a, they put a lock on it, something that couldn't be picked. Nobody could get in. That was that. Um, but it happened again. This from the same room. They started getting them repeatedly the switchboard would go off repeatedly so they sent someone down there and he said that when he went in there there was no one in he got like he unlocked the door no one was trapped in there there was no like emergency happening or anything like that but he said he felt a presence that made him feel like he was being pushed backwards out of the room so he locked the door went back upstairs and the buzzer went off again five minutes later and he promptly decided he was never going down to the basement again, told the owners. The owners had the switchboard removed from his station so that even if they tried to buzz him, he wasn't going to get it because it was happening so, so much. 
let's see. Um, <laughs> back to 218, because there's a, 218 is, is, like I said, the most haunted. There was a salesman who left in a hurry because he was shaken awake violently at night. And when he woke up with a start, he was kind of frustrated, like, who's waking me up? Um, mm -hmm. He heard footsteps run across the room. The door opened and slammed closed. Oh, my God. <laughs> very, very unsettling. Uh, let's see. There is a young woman that uh, the young woman that jumped and committed suicide. She's seen jumping. And people will think that someone has committed suicide and they'll go search, but no one's there. And they realize that it's just her. Um, you can still hear her screams as she falls. Even today, people report wow. hearing her scream as she falls. Um, one of the cancer patients still resides there, and her name is Theodora. She's actually identified herself to people. Um, Theodora will introduce herself to you, let her know that she, or let people know that she is a cancer patient, and then she will disappear right before their eyes so she manifests very clearly says hello you know we'll shake your hand a little bit and then vanish um where's the one? Oh, one guest woke in a room to a woman in white sitting on her bed petting her no freaking way petting her <laughs> yeah like a nurse would like comfort a patient or no something. she's not a nurse that's the thing everybody thought that she was a nurse but she's another woman and they're not sure who she is um they call her the lady in white of and there's a lady in white everywhere but she wears a oh, no. very flowy gown and she just wanders about and she um is often spotted in the gardens and perching on balconies looking out towards where the gardens were but she'll occasionally be in rooms and she in that particular situation woke up a, a woman by petting her and stroking her arm in a comforting mm. manner, but she was not a nurse. And I'm sure it was not comforting. <laughs> not comforting. I don't I don't <laughs> think it was comforting, no. Um, guests often complain throughout the hotel, not just room 218, but throughout the hotel, that they'll wake up and their clothes will be scattered through the room like their suitcase exploded. So the ghosts are messy, too. Wow. They're just like, boom, no more. Um, let's see. A story that I really love from the hotel was actually one that I found on a travel website. Someone was talking about their stay and how they enjoyed their stay so much. But they, um, they went to the hotel. They said the hotel was beautiful. And then they went on a spiral type uh, staircase that stretches from the basement all the way to the fourth floor. It's a very, very tall basement. On the way up the stairs, all of the people, like, there are three members of the party. They all got this feeling of vertigo. And the woman's husband got very, very sick feeling. And he complained. And he's like, I think I'm getting an ear infection or something. Because he's just feeling off, very, very dizzy. Um, so he decides he wants to stop climbing the staircase. They go to the elevator instead. And they all simultaneously have a panic attack on the elevator. So they, they get off the elevator, and they're on the fourth floor, and they're looking out the window, and they're holding on to the railing. She says she's holding on for dear life because she felt like she was going to pass out. And she ended up going back down the stairs because she couldn't bring herself to get back on the elevator. And she passed another guest on the stairs who was having the same problem. He was really, really dizzy and um, feeling really sick. And... She was like, are you okay? We just had the same thing. There must be a bug. And the man kind of chuckled. And he was like, oh, you know, a five-year-old died here a while back on the staircase. He was on the fourth floor, had an ear infection, and lost his balance and fell all the way down the spiral staircase to the basement. He died oh instantly. Since then, these stairs have been impossible to climb without hanging on. Which she said scared them to death because her husband said that she felt like or he felt like he had an inner ear infection and that that yeah. was what was going on. Um, she looked into it and lo and behold, there was a little boy that had lost his balance because he had an ear infection. He did fall all the way to the basement and he did die from the fall instantly. So, and since then that's what happens when you climb the stairs. And apparently it's not just them. Like everybody feels that sense of like dizziness. 
and whatnot. Um, so they've had paranormal researchers go in, and paranormal researchers love this place because you're, you go in and you're not leaving without something. Um, lots of pictures. If you go on to the, uh, the Crescent Hotel's website, they have a full gallery where you can actually see people have taken with their cell phones pictures of full-bodied apparitions in mirrors. Oh, my God. Walking through halls. Lots of orbs, lots of unexplained things. Um, they bring in EVPs, the EVP recording, the, the machines and stuff, and they record mm-hmm. things. And um, they pick up laughter of children. Children are playing. They pick up people just having conversations, um, like, about care. So most likely nurses or doctors. There was a surgeon that they occasionally, um, a surgeon who was an actual surgeon um, named Dr. Ellis, and he is often heard in the EVPs. Um but the saddest of them, and this is typically when people stop because they realize, like, what we're doing is probably not great. Um, the EVPs will pick up sounds of despair, which they believe to be patients in distress. And be, the EVPs will be begging for help, begging for relief from the pain. And then there's one EVP, EVP in particular that is very, um, it's very clear, very well documented, and, and um, they've proven that it was not tampered with and everything but it's a woman saying oh my god and then she's screaming and they don't know what it is or what happened but that's uh ongoing it still happens to this day you can still stay there um in fact it's become one of those places that if you get on youtube there are a lot of youtubers that are like yeah let's go here and all of them end up with some sort of very spooktacular experience. Um, Michael is still reaching out of the mirror. Mm-mm. People are still having their clothes thrown around. You still hear screaming and you're getting pictures no matter what. And that is the Crescent Hotel. And it's a very, very bloody history. I can't see. What is it? Oh, is it a person standing yeah. there? Yeah. Right there. Yep. Yep. It's pretty Holy terrible. Holy crap, man. Yep. Pretty terrifying. And for those of you who are interested, um, there's a lot of information about the history on the Crescent Hotel and what uh, Norman Baker was doing. I am personally not going to dig into that because I think it's gross and kind of disrespectful um, to those patients. Um, But he was absolutely a terrible, terrible person (laughs) for everything that he was doing. And... um, and I highly recommend if you're looking for a spectacular place to visit, go hang out the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Arkansas. It'll be a good time. A good time will be had by all. Not really. You will enjoy yourself. Not really. But apparently, the rooms are beautiful. Um, there have been a lot of shows. I didn't watch any of the shows on this because I was terrified to. But apparently, it is a it is a very popular spot for some of the. Um, the popular ghost hunting shows. So mm-hmm. check them out. They might be good. They might be bad. I'm not backing any of them. I didn't get any of my info there. Um, but yeah. Crescent Hotel. Hotel of sadness. And you want to know what's crazy? The morgue hmm. is still there. Yeah. The tools, I'm looking at pictures. The, the morgue is still there. The tools are still there. The um, freezer or refrigerator that they would store the dead bodies in and stuff is still there. That was never removed, but there isn't a whole lot of mention of activity there that I could find. Not anything major. I mean, I think that there is some, like, we heard footsteps, um, but nothing, like, I couldn't find anything that was, like, oh, apparitions. And maybe I was looking in the wrong places because I was just trying to stay as far away from Norman as possible because mm-hmm. Norman seems like a messed up kind of dude. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're the, they left all that stuff. It's just there. Did you find something amazing? Yeah, it's just awful. It's just, it's a whole person. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. It's awful. Yep. Mm, I don't like it. There it is. You can um, you can go and like stay there. You don't actually have to be a guest. They're pretty open to people just coming in and being like, hey, uh, we'd like to take some pictures. And they'll be like, okay. They'll just let you. Um, so if you're in the Arkansas area and mm. you happen to stop by, do me a favor Take some pictures and tag us so that I can see it in real life because um, I don't think I have the intestinal fortitude yeah, to step this, foot mm-mm. in that hotel. I'm looking at pictures that people have posted. They're awful, aren't it's they? It's awful. It's awful. Like, 
full body apparitions. There's faces that appear in the ceiling. There's faces that appear in the morgue floor. There you go. There's, oh my God, it's awful. It's awful. Terrifying. No, thank you. What is this one? This is a, there's a face. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, I gotta quit looking at these. <laughs> Do it's you see why out. I didn't look at all the pictures? Yeah, I don't know. I had to stop. No, I had to stop. Thanks. I had to stop. <sighs> I had to stop. Well, then. So there was my, there's my scary, spectacular story. Did you like it? No. <laughs> I didn't. Listen, then. It was terrible. Listen, I'm gonna warn you then. The story I have for next week. Oh, shut up. Is worse. Huh. Way worse. You're awful. I love See, I was stories. the one who was doing the really horrible ones. I don't do demons, but I don't mind good ghost stories. <laughs> I love these. <laughs> oh God. Do you know what's funny is those this this story doesn't really scare me very much. I don't like the coming out of the mirror thing. That messes me up. Uh uh-uh, uh no. coming out of the mirror at me. Crap, um, sorry. That wasn't a ghost, guys. That wasn't a my ghost. Lip, my lip gloss fell over. It was the ghost gloss. That's right. The ghost Ghosty gloss. gloss. The ghost stories don't scare me, and I think it's because I grew up with them. Like, I've been reading these stories since I was a tiny child. Um, but demon stuff gives me nightmares for weeks. Weeks. So every time you tell a, a story about demons, I want to crawl up into a, into a fetal position in a hole with a crucifix. Well, you won't let me talk about aliens. That'll make it worse. You want me to so cry? I'm going to talk about demons. Oh, my gosh. You're going to do it <laughs> again today? Well, I'm gonna cry. I mean, kind of. She yeah. wants me to cry on air. It's kind of, yeah. So. All right, well, let's hear it. This is the story of the, I don't know if it's Talman or Tallman. It's spelled like tall man. The tall man family. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, not, not creepy like, what's his face? The game or whatever. Slenderman? Yeah, it's not him. <gasps> this is like a, a, the Tallman family. Okay, good. They lived in Horicon, Wisconsin. Wait. People, we don't pronounce things properly, and we know that. Wait. Please don't correct <laughs> us. What? How is <laughs> Spell this town for me, please. H-O-R-I-C-O-N. Horicon. I thought you said Horicon, and I was like, that to me just says, like, don't move there. No, it's like whore icon. <laughs> cool. Let's yeah. move there. Let's go to whore icon, Wisconsin. Oh, my so, God. What is it with these, like, random little obscure? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. So this is the Tallman or Talman family. It was Alan and Deborah, and they had two kids, and Deborah was pregnant with her third when they moved into their home on Larrabee Street in Horicon, Horicon, Wisconsin. I would imagine that's how you say it in Wisconsin. Right. Horicon. In the spring of 1986. This story actually appeared on the first season of Unsolved Mysteries. <gasps> I love that show. <laughs> yes. With his trench coat. Yes. He was the best. So almost immediately upon moving into this house, and mind you, this was not like a historic home. At the time that they moved in, it was probably new. It was right. just your single family ranch. Like, mm-hmm pretty basic it was on a cul-de-sac you know whatever normal family house nothing weird right so almost immediately they were plagued by sickness everybody in the family constantly started to get sick whereas before they moved in the the children were healthy everybody was healthy Uh but they would get sick a lot um the cat would go crazy the cat would climb the walls and scream all night long yeah um wait this is starting to sound a lot like my house (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting a little worried. Yeah. So Deborah was really close to her family and they would come to visit often, but they got to the point where they would stop coming to visit because every time they'd come to visit, they would get very, very sick. Oh my gosh. And they just felt really awkward in that house. They were like, something's just not right. And so they stopped coming to visit altogether. Um, by early 1987, they had other paranormal activities that were reported, such as doors that would close on their own. Footsteps would be heard throughout the house. Um, they, her son had a radio with like the dial, you know, that you turn to the station and she would set it to a radio station and it would change on its own. Mm -hmm. And of course she thought it was him like, stop touching the radio. And he's like, I'm not doing it. It would just change. And you could see it turn. Like they said, they saw the dial move by itself. Um, a basement window was completely removed on its own and propped up inside of the basement. Oh my gosh. Um, 
the husband Alan was painting downstairs in the basement one day and he went upstairs for a minute and when he came back down the paintbrush had been placed in the can. What? Like upside down handle first. So it into sounds the like can. I mean whatever is there is trying to help out, right? Right. Uh they had like they stored their suitcases under the bed and the suitcases would slide out and back in again under the bed. So just stuff was just moving around. Like it was just weird, but it wasn't like this is really scary. It was like, this is just weird. You know, it was kind of weird, whatever. Right. Um, So like chairs would rock. They'd move on their own, whatever. Okay. So then things started to escalate a little bit. Um, One night, not long after they moved into the house, Alan and Deborah went out for dinner, whatever. They hired a babysitter to come hang out with the kids When they got home, the babysitter was terrified, and she said that while they were sitting, she and their seven-year-old were sitting at the table playing a board game, a kitchen chair started rocking back and forth on its own. Oh. And she said that it bounced around, and then it stopped, and the next morning when the son got up, he corroborated the story. What? So the babysitter was like, yeah, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um... So, again, the children were really sick. Deborah started to have really terrible, vivid nightmares of her entire family dying. Oh, that's always nice. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, so apparently Alan worked a lot at night and would come home, like, early in the morning from work. Um, So, at night, Deborah said that she would hear the garage door open and close for no reason. Um, And she would go check it and there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't when they had, like, automatic door garage doors either like it was manually like you know right lift it alan started to feel pretty uneasy about the house at this point he's like something's not right it's terrorizing my family i mean um he said that when he would yeah he said that when he would come home from work he felt like he was being watched inside of the garage nope Mm -mm. um he said every time he would close the garage door he felt like he was quote shutting himself into a tomb (gasps) that's what he felt like um so things started to escalate and the children started to report seeing a hideous diminutive old woman like a witch oh my gosh yeah in their rooms what um the little boy said quote i saw an old lady standing in the door of my room a little old lady really ugly with long black hair and a glow about her like fire I mean, that sounds wrong. Sounds not right. Yeah. Um, the daughter would have horrible nightmares and say that she had monsters in her room. Is that um, all? Just that, yeah. just monsters. Um, so the husband, Alan, he'd had enough. One night, he took out his frustration on the unseen guests in his house, challenging them to a fight, told them to leave his family alone. And he told the people at Unsolved Mysteries, he said, I was like a wild man. I was shouting at the top of my voice. I said, whatever is in our house, would you please leave my children alone? If you want to fight, fight me. No, God, don't do that. So one night in January of 1988, after making these thoughts known to the entity in his house, he returned home from work late one morning around 2 a.m. On his way from his car in the driveway of the house to the front door, he heard a howling wind. He heard a voice coming out of the wind calling, come here, over what? and over again. And then he saw something he said he will never forget when he looked over at the garage. He said, then it was glowing inside the garage, an orange-red. There were flames coming out of the overhead door. Oh there were God. two eyes in the windows. <gasps> no! He ran into the house in a panic. The ghost threw his lunchbox across the living room. He, like, yanking it out of <laughs> Alan's hands. I know. That's terrible. But he yanked it out of Alan's hands and threw it across the room oh onto the God. floor. Um, Alan also said that he, there was a presence that made a threat to him one night while he slept in the girls' room. Oh, my God. Um. He was trying to help them sleep because by this time they had had their third child and it was a little girl. So he was in the room with the girls trying to help them sleep. Right. And he said that there was a presence that appeared to him and he was really badly shaken by this. So apparently a fog or a mist started to creep off the floor and appear to him where Alan slept. And it said, he said, I started to see this fog on the floor. A voice came out of it and it says, you're dead. These green eyes appeared right out of this thing, and then I saw flames, and it was gone. Oh. 
I'm sorry, but I would have been out. He, out. Yeah, no. I'd have been gone. We, what, is he, what is he doing? Yeah. So finally, uh, one night when Alan was at work, a relative came over and she went into the girl's bedroom and saw this witch woman mm-hmm. for herself. And she screamed and ran out of the house. And at this point, Deborah had had enough. She took the kids and she left the house and they never returned. I mean, that so, sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Um, they, the family thinks that it all started when they bought a bunk bed. A bunk bed? Yeah, they said that the bunk bed was what caused the haunting. Um, apparently, the bunk bed has been removed from the house and destroyed. They don't know where. Um, and and has that, and that was it? Like that? They, well, the family on? left anyway. The oh, bunk bed was true. removed after the family left. It says that it was... The bunk bed was in the same room as the radio that would change stations on its own. Right. Um, it was in the girls' room where both Alan and the relative saw apparitions and the girls would see the witch. Um, it was disposed of in a private landfill. Um, the next family to move in reported no disturbances in the house. Um, nobody has reported anything or seen anything since the family fled in early 1988. Um, the Talmans themselves said that they've never experienced any other paranormal events since leaving the house. Um, but the children still have very vivid memories of the things that happened there. A lot of people claim it was a hoax, but uh, it says some people claim it was a hoax to get them out of the house they couldn't afford. But when they left, they left everything they owned. I mean, that makes sense so, to me. If it was really a hoax, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't have left, have left behind their possessions. Um, they turned down a $5,000 payday to tell their story to the National Enquirer and also turned down a chance to appear on the Oprah Winfrey show. So they were not after money. They just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Um, they also lost about $3,000 after they left the house while giving the house back to the bank. Wow. Hardly the actions of someone trying to make a profit. Wow. So the case was investigated by the Horicum police chief, Doug Glamman, along with Dr. Don Mueller, who was the associate professor of social welfare at UW-Milwaukee and an average researcher of the paranormal. Uh, the police chief was convinced that they had generally, genuinely experienced something horrific. Mm-hmm. They were a respected and hardworking family. Um, they had they went into hiding pretty much when the story of a quote ghost house hit the media because they didn't want to have their family or their children exploited. Oh my gosh. Um prior to the events that drove them from their home, Reverend Wayne Dobratz, their pastor, visited several times and blessed the house to drive out evil. On January twenty fifth, several weeks after the family left, he decided he wanted to return to the house to see if he could incite whatever demonic entity entity inhabited it. Um, they didn't ever find record of him finding anything. The police chief, uh, was sure the family had experienced something, but he was unwilling to accept that it was haunted. So he went along with the minister and two other officers. Um, they were looking for recorders or projection devices, any evidence that the Talmans had been the victims of a cruel prank and they found nothing. Well... I think that that chief of police is going to have to be, like, a little more on board. Yeah. So, that is the story of the Talman family in Wisconsin. That's crazy. creepy bunk beds. (laughs) I've never, I mean, I've heard of, like, I've heard of things getting attached to belongings, but bunk beds, how unusual. Like, did they say where they got the bunk beds or what led them to believe they were secondhand bunk beds but they did not say where they came from why did they think the bunk beds because apparently that's when things started to really escalate is when they brought the bunk beds into the house okay okay okay. and it the bunk beds were in the room where a lot of the things happened like where the witch woman would appear and the mist or the fog that said you're dead and like all of that stuff but it wasn't just limited to that room so i don't know it's weird that's really weird. Those poor mm-hmm. kids are going to need therapy. And what therapist yeah. is going to be able to handle that? Yeah. Are there, I mean, I don't think there are therapists to handle that, right? I don't know. Ghost. I mean, I'm sure. I'm PTSD. sure. I'm going to have to do there, some research. There's parapsychologists that do investigations. That's I would true. imagine that there's parapsychologists that talk to people about it. 
like, and help them deal. Help them deal. Oh my gosh! So yeah. this was a, these are some heavy stories today. Yeah. So this was in 1986. So oh my gosh, the seven the seven year old son is like my age. Oh my gosh! So I would love to find him. So if anybody knows the Talman family. And, and the son. And if you're he interested to, in talking yeah, about this. If he wants to talk to me, I would love to hear from him because be he's my age. Interested. So uh, I would be yeah. very interested to hear the children's the children's story. Yeah. I mean they they talked to Unsolved Mysteries. The children yeah. did. And I mean these quotes were direct quotes from yeah. the children. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty that's, creepy. That's crazy. Oh, I just can't get that image of an old looking crazy woman ghost. Crazy witchy woman. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Just standing there just, looking at the kids. That's just mm mm. It's all like Hansel and Gretel crap. I Throw know. In the oven and eat them. Don't you want to clean my oven, children? Ugh. Mm mm. No. Yeah. Not digging that one. That's pretty creepy. That, that is it's just creepy. weird too because like it's such an unassuming house. It's a normal, like, ranch-style family home yeah. in a cul-de-sac in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. And there's never been anything before that, and there's never been anything after that. It was just that one isolated couple, like, a year and a half period of time. Right. So who got rid of the bunk beds? I don't know. I don't know. I, the family didn't because they didn't take anything. They left everything and just took off. So but I'm somebody guessing... Somebody singled out the bunk beds, and they were like, this is out. Well, apparently they talked, like, because this was on Unsolved Mysteries mm-hmm. after right. this stuff happened, like, very shortly after, very, you know, pretty soon after all this happened and they moved out. So I'm assuming that they told Unsolved Mysteries that they thought it was the bunk beds. Right. So probably the police chief or whoever was getting rid of stuff was like, let's just go ahead for safety's sake and get rid of this stuff. Get rid of these things just in gotcha. case. Yeah. Weird. It's just odd weird it's really odd so there you go creeptasticness for you today you guys scared yet (laughs) are you ready to like go into your rooms and go into your bathrooms and look in mirrors and i I think we need to end with something lighthearted. let's do it let's end with lighthearted. what do you got i have a funny story yeah about alien pancakes (laughs) let's hear it do it i know you i know you don't like aliens it's okay it's not just funny i'll deal so, um, this is actually in Wisconsin as well. I don't know what's going on with Wisconsin today. What are you guys doing, but, uh, Wisconsin? This is in Eagle River, Wisconsin. Okay. So, the story goes that at 11 a.m. on April 18, 1961, a man by the name of Joe Simonton was sitting in his rural Eagle River home enjoying a late breakfast when he heard a commotion. A ruckus. A ruckus. He investigated and witnessed what he said was a flying saucer brighter than chrome hovering above his house what (laughs) and it eventually landed in his backyard the saucer opened up sitting inside were three mute aliens which joe described as quote italian looking (laughs) italian looking (laughs) italian looking aliens that cannot speak okay he was given a large container and somehow discerned that these strange creatures wanted water when he returned with the liquid one of the aliens was cooking pancakes on a flameless cooking appliance. What? <laughs> they gave Joe the pancakes, saluted him, flew away south into legend. Despite the incredible, even silly details of the story, it was investigated by the United States Air Force and is listed in their files as unexplained. If you're wondering, Joe tried one of the pancakes, which he said tasted like cardboard. He gave the other two cakes to a Vilas County U- UFologist, Uf- U- yeah, UFOologist, uh, yeah. Uh, several more sightings occurred shortly after this in- incident. Wait, he's not the only person? He's not the only person that saw a UFO. He is the only person who said they made him pancakes. And there's a picture of old Joe holding up one of his pancakes. And, uh, it looks a little bit like our, our girl, what's her face with her burnt toast, her satanic toast. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. What? <laughs> Alien pancakes. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Old Joe. That's hysterical. Isn't what that is funny? It's just funny. Alien I think it's pancakes. Yeah. 
cracks I me up. I love it. <laughs> oh, yep. I've been laughing over and with Alexa. Why? So do you remember we were having a chat with one of our, one of our friends and she said her Alexa would occasionally laugh, like unprompted? Yes, which creeps me out. And that's why I won't buy one. Right. So um, apparently this is not supposed to happen, but it does. It's been happening a lot lately. Um People are tweeting, so Alexa decided to laugh randomly while I was in the kitchen. I thought a young kid was laughing behind me. Um, here's another oh one. God. So my mom and I are just sitting in the living room. Neither of us said a word, and our Alexa lit up and laughed for no reason. She didn't even say anything, just laughed. So we unplugged her. Oh, my God, that's creepy. Lying in bed, about to fall asleep, when Alexa on my Amazon Echo Dots lets out a very loud and creepy laugh. There's a good chance I get murdered tonight. So all these people are hearing it. And they're very, very disturbed by it. That's so creepy. I'm sorry, but no. Right? So, um, Amazon confirmed that the device's virtual assistant has been laughing without users' intentional commands, and they're working on a fix. They said that in rare circumstances, Alexa can can mistakenly hear the phrase, Alexa, laugh. We're changing that phrase to be, Alexa, can you laugh, which is less likely to have false positives. And we are disabling the short utterance, Alexa, laugh, a spokesperson said in a statement. And they're also changing Alexa's response from simply laughter to sure, I can laugh, followed by laughter. Um, However, see, I don't feel like that's a fix. I feel like it's not a fix because some of these people aren't saying anything. They're doing nothing. They're just like putting things away. Like the woman said she was asleep. so, So the house is silent. Yep. And Alexa is hearing Alexa laugh. Yep. Really? Yep. So that happens. Um, but people are here's a fix. Spooked. Don't use Alexa. Yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> Just not gonna get have rid of Alexa it. because I of don't it. want one. And if no. Siri starts laughing on my phone, then oh, I'm gonna God. have to disable her. So just so you know, Siri, you better keep your ish together or I'm disabling you. Siri um, comes on when I don't want her to because yeah. every time I say, Are you serious? She comes on. She didn't do it this time because she's not listening to me. She doesn't but care. normally when I'm just in casual conversation, I'm like, are you serious? And she'll go beep, beep, and like start talking to me. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need a machine in my house laughing, no. just randomly laughing. That's no. creepy. It is creepy. But it did make me laugh that so many people are like, yeah, we're going to get murdered by our Alexa. Yeah. And the laugh is even like, it's like a spooky laugh. It's a robotic laugh. Yeah. There's nothing good that can come from that. <laughs> I just played it. <laughs> it's spooky. Oh God! Oh. Yeah, we don't. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so yeah, like there it. you go. Alien pancakes. Alexa's Alexa possessed. laughing and uh, demons and fake and doctors. Horrible doctors. That's our episode of Girls and Ghouls. And yeah, it was a good so, one. Yeah, it was. So uh, don't forget to send us your stories, girlsandghoulspodcast at gmail.com. We'll send you a sweet pearl sticker and a little letter. And, and uh, uh, share, rate, review, yeah. do all those things that we all love. All those things. We're Subscribe, like shamelessly, rate, review. shamelessly asking for it now. Tell so your friends stuff. about us, please. We yeah. would love for you guys. Like, I know if you like ghost stories, you have at least one friend who also likes ghost stories. And if they say they don't, they're lying. They do. Everybody they're lying. Everybody likes ghost stories. Yes. Yeah. So just share this episode or any of the episodes with them and... It'll be great. So there you go. That's it. Stay spooky, guys. Bye.